The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What are you holding back right now? And you're, you're thinking something like, I'll go this far, but no further. Or what's holding you back so that you think things like, I can't go any further. There's something preventing me from going beyond where I'm at or what I'm doing or what I'm giving. The reality is that while right now you, re- you may uh, regret the things you do. I mean, you do something wrong, you regret it. Maybe, maybe you try something and you fail, you regret that. But the truth is, at the end of your life, looking back, you will significantly, it's significantly more likely that you will regret the things you didn't do than the things that you did. You will look back and you will regret missed opportunities. You'll regret not having tried. You'll regret chances not taken. And I don't know about you, but when I think about this early, these early steps in 2023, I don't want to get to the end of this year and look back in regret. Not for what I tried to do, but for what I failed to do. What I failed to try to do. I don't wanna look back and wish that I had just given a little bit more, that I had tried just a little bit harder, that I had gone all in just a little bit more. I don't wanna look back and wish that I had loved my family just a little bit harder or been just a little bit more generous or seen what could have happened if I had served just a little bit more or gone just a little bit above and beyond my comfort zone. I wanna look back and know that I gave it my all that I went and then I challenged you and we went all in. What would it look like for you to go all in emotionally in 2023? All in with your mind, mentally, you went all in. You went all in physically. You went, in, you went all in with your heart, with your spirit. You, you gave this year your all. What would it look like for you to go all in financially? I don't know about you, but I, I wanna give my best to what matters most. And I don't wanna look back and regret because I held back my best from what mattered most. All right, I started off strong, so let me shift gears just for a moment and talk to you about, about food, all right, and, and animals, because that sounds a whole lot more lighthearted. So I, when Laura and I go out, or we go out as a family, whatever, I never order, if we go out to like an Italian restaurant, actually it doesn't matter where we go, I never order meatballs and spaghetti. And it's not because I don't like them, I actually love them. It's just that Laura's grandma uh, moved, uh, emigrated from Guardia Grelli, uh, the Abruzzi region of Italy. And she has the all-time best meatball recipe that I improved on. <laughs> now she's passed away, so I can say that. 
Otherwise, she would come find me. Um, but no, like, so we, when we make meatballs, they are the all-time greatest meatballs. Anybody who's had them would admit it. They're huge too. Like you gotta make, they're, they're the size of like baseball. So like, you know, so when, if you have a meatball in my house, you don't order meatballs when you go out to a restaurant. It's like an insult. And you don't buy the cheap meatballs and eat those. Because if you've had the best, you never settle for less. All right, now you all quickly, you saw the turn, right? Okay. Uh, over the holidays, we took the kids to uh, the Smithsonian, the National Mu- or the Museum of Natural History. And when you go in there, it's great because it's like a, a dead zoo. Like you don't have to, number one, I'm not worried that my boys are gonna kill anything. Um, now they might break something. But the good thing is you don't have to like hope that the gorillas come out from behind the tree so you can see them because it's just right there. Right, like you don't have to hope that the bear isn't like in its cave hiding because like the polar bear is right up on the display thing and there's a black bear right behind the glass case. And then like, you know, so we're going through it and there's like a whale hanging from the ceiling and uh, let's see, yeah, there's a bear in the case. There's, um, there's a rhino and there, there's the whole Africa section. When you walk in, again, this is for those of you that haven't been there or if you're online and you're nowhere near the DC area and you, can't, you don't have a chance to see this, it's pretty cool. Uh, they have the whole Africa area where you, you can see like a giraffe and then they have this whole like lion section where the lions are like attacking an antelope and you can like walk right underneath it. And so like my boys are like looking at the lion. I mean, of course, they're also trying to topple it, but we won't go there. Uh, and there's something a little strange about it though. Like you got to admit, when you go and you see it and there's this lion that my boys are like walking around like there's no big deal. Like you realize if we were in the wild, you don't let your little kids walk around a lion. And having been in the wild, I'm a little bit ruined to things like the National you know, the Museum of Natural History. Or when we go to the zoo and you see the bear behind the, the, the wall, or you see an elk, which, like, you know, I was, we were on vacation in Colorado and I went from one of my jogs, because I'm always jogging and we're, I'm on a trail and I'm running down the trail, and there is a massive elk about like 50 yards in front of me, which doesn't, which feels like a long way off. But when that thing is gigantic, and I don't care if they're herbivores, when you meet them on the path, they look like they'll eat you. Or at the very least, they'll run you over. And so I, I stopped my run very respectfully. I said, sir, if you don't mind, you can carry on. He, he, he graciously made his way off my path, and then I continued my jog. On another jog, I'm running up a mountain. Again, this is my normal activity. And there's a bear, a large black bear on my trail. And I was just thinking at that very moment that I saw him, that I was thinking about turning around and heading back. And that was when I turned around and headed back. <laughs> I thought that was the end of my run. Uh, on another trip, my family and I got, a, got an unbelievable opportunity to go out on this whale watching 
excursion. I got a boat and it was right at this, like that particular like time is when the whale, these humpback whales do this crazy thing and they, um, they like, they, they go down and they all come up together and they, they breathe like these bubbles out. They call it bubble net fishing and they're, they're spinning and they make this gigantic ring and it traps the smaller fish inside of it. Then they dive back down and they come up with their mouths open. So you're on the boat and they're like a couple hundred yards away and you see these massive humpback whales coming out of the water with their mouths wide open. And we're like, click, 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 click. You know, and me, there's me with the phone down here taking pictures because I want to see it with my own eyes. Um, and like, you never get to see this. And even if you saw it on a video, it's not the same, right? And if you're standing in the, in the Museum of Natural History and you're looking up at a whale, it ain't, it ain't the same. And if you're looking at an elk in the zoo, I promise you it is not the same as seeing one on your running path. And if you look at the black bear behind the glass case, it is not the same as when you're running down the path and there it is. Because that one's not going to eat you or your kids. Why am I saying this? I fear that what we've done to those lions and the rhinos and the bears and the elk in the museum is what we've done with our face. It's this lifeless, dried up thing that's on display for others to see, but it's not wild and active. I fear that what we do at the zoo is a little bit about what we've done with our Christian faith. It's caged and contained and it's, it's safe and it's under control and it's predictable. And what is it about 2023 that will be uncontrollable and unpredictable in your faith? What I know is this, that we need a God that is more in control than our world is out of control. And we need an unexplainable faith to keep up with a very unexplainable world. I'm not preaching at you. <laughs> no, no, no. You and I are not alone. In fact, I'll show you that not only is this me and my life and you and your life, but this is where the disciples were. The story of the gospel of John, as we jump into uh, the gospel of John chapter 20, John is not just an eyewitness. He's one of the guys that experienced this. So where we're gonna jump in uh, to John chapter 20 is Jesus was crucified and then he rose from the dead. And the day he was resurrected, which we call, we celebrate as Easter, that evening, all of the disciples are in hiding. John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Why are they hiding? Because their fears are driving them. They're, they're living afraid. They're simply trying to survive. And so they've locked themselves behind closed doors. But in reality, they did not lock themselves in to stay safe and survive. No, those locked doors serve like cages holding them in and holding them back. They were contained. They were controlled. They were trapped. It's not that they were staying safe, it's that they were keeping the world safe from them. And Jesus came in and stood among them 
and said, peace be with you. What I, what I do appreciate is that Jesus is not limited by locked doors. Jesus just walked right in and he could come right into your fear, right into your comfort zone. Uh, he invades our spaces and he steps in and he says to you what he said to them, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father, and then, he, and then he transitions. He goes, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What changed everything for these followers of Jesus who were living fearful behind locked doors on the resurrection day was that they not only encountered Jesus, but they were commissioned by Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the challenge I have for you as you look ahead into the rest of 2023 is to go all in. That's right, go all in for Jesus. Go all in for Jesus. Just give it one year. Let's worry, let's worry about 2024 when we get there. Give it one year. Well, you'll give Jesus your everything. You'll go all in. You're gonna hold nothing back. Whatever he asks, your answer is gonna be yes. All in for Jesus. Let's follow the example of these earliest disciples. I mean, what do you think it's there for? So we can say this is how we're invited to live. And the invitation is to go all in with Jesus. What keeps us trapped and contained is not just our fears. It's not just our comfort zone. It's not just our doubts or our worries or our desire to be comfortable and safe. Something far more sinister called sin. Sin is a spiritual trap living inside of every one of us that actively defeats us. It destroys us. It's out to get us. This spiritual force called sin inside of every one of us is something we were born with that separates us from relationship with God. It shackles us into shame and guilt, holds us back from living for God or even believing in God, and we turn our back on God and live how we want to live, and as a result, we go through life trapped at best, trapped like zoo animals, at worst, lifeless, like the lifeless animals you're gonna see at the Museum of Natural History, already dead, just on display. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna live that way, and God didn't want us to live that way, and so Jesus stepped from heaven to earth to rescue us. And as you read through this story, Jesus not only dies, he rises from the dead, he appears to his disciples. If you, literally, if you turn the page on the story, you get, to the, you get to the book of Acts in the Bible. Now, the book of Acts is written by a different author who is not an eyewitness to Jesus. In fact, he was an outsider to Judaism and Christianity. Luke is a, a physician who becomes intrigued by the church and by followers of Jesus. Because when he meets them, he goes, these people are different. They're, they're not caged. Their religion isn't some dry, lifeless thing. They're alive, like they're living in the wild. Luke met people out in the wild. He met Christians out in their element. And he, he's, he's, when he meets them, he's like, I, I want what they have. And, and so Luke, um, he not only believes in Jesus, he becomes a follower of Jesus. He begins to investigate the life of Jesus, and he writes out a historical account 
called in the Bible, the gospel according to Luke. And then he writes a second account of the early church called the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And in it, it opens this way. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And so he's giving a brief flyover of the gospel of Luke. And he's saying, here's what anchors our faith, that we believe in Jesus who died, who rose again and proved that he was alive. And as a result, we believe that God's kingdom has come to earth and it can live inside of every one of us. And if that's where you're at, meaning up to this point, you're held back or you're holding back, but as you dive into 2023, you say, I wanna go all in. Where that begins is faith in Jesus, believing that Jesus died and rose again. And that he wants to live inside of us, God's spirit living inside of our spirit. If that's where you're at, can I encourage you? Would you just say yes to Jesus by faith? Yes to Jesus forgiving your sins. Yes, to Jesus' life, giving you new and forever life. Yes, to God's spirit living in your spirit. If you're saying yes, would you let us know? You can, you can scan the QR code that's on the screen. And when you fill out that form, one of our pastors will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey of faith in Jesus. And the same for those of you that are online, you can scan that QR code, let us know. Again, we, we just wanna celebrate with you and invite you into this new community of faith. Now, what does that mean for us to begin to follow Jesus and believe in Jesus? Well, it's this. When you believe in Jesus by faith, following Jesus is an all or nothing life. It's all or nothing. Meaning, you are not inviting Jesus to join you in your already great life. Like everything's going great. And I'm saying, you know what? I believe in Jesus. Jesus, why don't you come along for the ride? Everything is awesome. And I just, I just want Jesus to be like my co-passenger. and He's gonna ride with me and I'm gonna take him where I want him to go. Like some teddy bear. Like some animal that you could pick up at the museum and bring home with you. I don't know, that metaphor fell flat. But like a teddy bear, right? Like Jesus isn't your lucky charm. He's not some lifeless thing that you get to bring around like a relic. Nor is he your pet. That you just, you just put him in a little house and you take good care of him. And some of you, you go overboard and you buy him little sweaters and you know, you got him Christmas presents and all. I get it. But, but some of you do the same for Jesus. You wanna contain him and cage him and Bring him on a leash and you just kind of bring him wherever you go when you want to bring him. And when you don't want to bring him and it's not convenient, you can just leave him behind. No, 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 just the opposite. We follow Jesus. He invites us into his life. We die to ourselves. The old you was left in 2022 or whatever year it was, when you put your faith in Jesus, the old you was left there, and the only life you have is through faith in Jesus, and now you're invited to put your life in Jesus. The only life you have is in Jesus. It's an all or nothing life. If I have Jesus, I have everything. If I do not have Jesus, I have nothing. When I believe in Jesus, I've gone all in with Jesus. The life I have is his. 
I'm joining his life. I'm joining his adventure. I'm joining the ride with him. He's not my co-pilot. He's not, I'm not, we're not co-passengers. We're not doing anything co. He leads, I follow. That's it. So what would it mean for you in 2023 to go all in in this all or nothing life where Jesus leads and you follow? What would it mean to go all in in this all or nothing? Jesus is gonna lead your thoughts and your agenda and your desires and your relationships, your finances, your attitude, the decisions you make. And you're gonna lay aside your ego and your desires and your agenda what if it was Jesus that led in your marriage and your relationships? What if Jesus led in the classroom and you followed? What if Jesus led in the things that you purchase, in the way that you speak, in the entertainment you enjoy? What if Jesus led and you followed? greatest hope I have for you in 2023 is to truly live the Christian life, which is an all or nothing. If I have Jesus, I have everything because outside of Jesus, my life is nothing. And I don't want any of you to just let your faith be nothing more than a relic in a museum, some lifeless, empty thing that changes nothing. Nor do I do I want your does, uh, nor is my hope that your faith is something like you see at a at a, at a zoo, uh, some caged faith that's contained and safe and predictable and comfortable. I mean, let's tear down some walls and break open some chains and prison doors and set your faith free. Yeah. My hope for you is that the the God who created everything, the sovereign God of the universe is, is freed in your faith to lead you and guide you. And, and will it be safe? Well, it reminds me of, a, of a, uh, this incredible line. If you're familiar with C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia in his first book, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, these, these four children enter into the land of Narnia. And they, they meet uh, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. Again, this is fictional. Um, in case you were worried. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like that was necessary to disclaim. Anyway, um, they meet Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, who are, who, who are going to lead them to Aslan, who is the king of the land. He, he's the great lion. He's also the creator of Narnia. So he's the God figure. He's the Jesus figure. And um, as they're telling, as the beavers are telling these four children about the great Aslan, there's this feeling of like fear and excitement. And, and one of the girls speaks up and says, um, is he quite safe? And Mr. Beaver goes, safe? Who said anything about safe? No, he's not safe, but he's good. And that, that's the God you serve. When you go all in with God, I assure you, it's not safe. In fact, it may cost you everything, but it's good. 
and he's good. He's good to you, and he's good for you, and his character is good. So you can trust him when you go all in. Now, what happens? So here's the story. Uh, um, The book of Acts, chapter one, verse seven. So we're just jumping ahead a little bit. Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, when you go all in with Jesus, here's what happens. Jesus is going all in with you. And what he does is he takes ordinary people like you and me. He gives us his extraordinary spirit. And when he gives us his spirit, he brings with him extraordinary supernatural power and gifts. And then he does something extraordinary through us. He uses us to make a difference, to change the world around us. And so as we read the account of these earliest followers of Jesus, what we discover is a story of people who started out hiding in fear behind locked doors, but when they encounter the resurrected Jesus and he says to them, peace be still. And then he says, just as the father sent me on a mission, I am sending you on a mission. And then he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. The story continues that Jesus says, now you need to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you. And when they receive this supernatural power of the Spirit, the world is changed. This moment changes everything. The church is birthed from a moment when Jesus' followers go all in with him. Their lives are radically changed. And so as you read the story, my my all-time favorite chapter in the entire Bible is Acts chapter four. Because it's a story when um, Peter and and his friends, they they preach the message of Jesus. They meet a guy who is is crippled in his legs and they, they, they just say, be healed in Jesus' name. And the guy miraculously is healed. And Peter uses that as an opportunity to preach again. And then the religious elite get upset, and so they have them arrested, Peter and John. And so they, they, when they get arrested, they bring them in, and, and here's the story. Um, they had Peter and John brought in again, and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Let me, let me jump back. <laughs> they, had, they had Peter and John brought in before them and began to question them, by what power and what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, I thought you would never ask. (laughs) And he said, salvation is found in no no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And so he goes on and he begins to just tell them about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it it continues. This is where I started reading. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak. So this time they, they, they go like this. They threaten them and... They call them back in and they go like this. They command them not to speak or teach at all in Jesus' name. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You get this sense that these guys went all in with Jesus. They held nothing back. And when you go all in with Jesus, here's what that means. All in means sharing and showing the love of Jesus. Sharing and showing the love of Jesus with people that are far from God. In your life, 
there's moments when you're confronted where people will threaten you, insult you, shame you, want to embarrass you, want you to hold back. There are moments in your life when others will begin to put walls and barriers and prison doors around you. They want you to cage your faith. They want you to contain your faith. They want you to put behind locked doors your beliefs and your values. And Jesus is gonna step through those locked doors and say, peace, be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you so that when you're confronted and people say, hey, don't talk about what, don't talk about any of this. Keep your mouth shut. Then you have to look inward and go, is it right for me to listen to those threats and those fears and those doubts or to obey God? Because I can't help but speak about what I've seen and heard. And what I've seen and heard is that my God is not safe but he is good and he's inviting me to go all in with him. And I don't want to look back on 2023 and regret wishing I had given just a little bit more, wishing I had served just a little bit more, wishing I had prayed just a little bit harder or loved just a little bit more selflessly or sacrificed just a little bit beyond my comfort zone. I don't want to look back and wish that I had given beyond what felt safe. I want to look back and know I gave it all. And that's my invitation to you. To go all in, to give it your all, to share and show the love of Jesus with people that are far from God. There are people that God has placed in your life. You know personally that you could invite them to church. You could tell them about the love of Jesus. And so one challenge I have for you, which is I think is a great way to start off this year and this challenge to go all in, is would you make a commitment to share and show God's love with a few people this week, as simply as inviting them out to church, as simply as telling them your story of faith in Jesus. Go all in. Can I encourage you? What step do you need to take as you begin this year? For some of you, it's gonna be a simple step. You're that you're vulnerable and isolated because you're away from the, <laughs> the herd and you need to get back into community. And maybe this was your first step coming out to church as we start this year. You're still online with us. Can I encourage you to make a, make a commitment to being part of the church? For others of you, you need to get involved in serving and others of you, it's giving. Take one step of all in faith. Commit to Jesus. Commit to going all in with Jesus. And commit to sharing and showing his love with others. Do you allow me to pray over you today? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you because you didn't just leave us lifeless in some museum to be stared at. You didn't give us some lifeless relic of religion. You gave us a living, active, passionate faith that is life-changing and it's world-changing. And I'm asking that that would become alive in every one of us. That the spirit of the living God would fall fresh on us and awaken us, stir our hearts. Let us live all in this year to give our everything, 
to love sacrificially, to serve generously, to forgive knowing that you forgave our all and to be so bold that we would get out of our comfort zone and invite our friends and share the hope that we have with those that are far from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, can I invite you to stand with me right now? Look, I'm hoping that as I was sharing, something was provoking you, it was prompting you, it was pricking your heart a little bit, but not just inspirationally, deeply. The Spirit of God stirring your heart to say, this year, this year, I'm going all in. I'm giving it my all. Maybe some of you, as I was sharing or throughout the service, you, you realize, I want prayer. I need prayer. I need someone to pray for me. We have a prayer team available on either side of the platform. They'd love to pray for you. If you're joining us online, there's people who are available and willing to pray with you online. You just let us know. Don't hesitate. Ask for prayer. We would love to pray with you. Now, can I invite you to join us as we sing? Believing that everything else in this world is just gonna fade as we put our focus on Jesus. Would you join us as we sing? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.